Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. Last week, we introduced the topic of reincarnation, and it continues today with more questions and antidotes. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around. With decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them, Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Hi, Leslin. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm, I'm excited to <laughs> finish our conversation. Well, you know, it's interesting. I've been waiting to hear about the imaginary friend <laughs> that you brought up at the end of our last session. Yeah, so when I was younger, I had two imaginary friends, mm -hmm. and I probably should have asked my mom more questions about this before we recorded, but I forgot. Um, their names were Sandy and Babel. And interesting. Interesting names, yep. One of them was a boy, one of them was a girl, and they were my kids. Oh, really? Yep. As, as far as I remember, they were my mm -hmm. kids. I remember mm -hmm. vaguely, like, talking with my mom about like my children I think and it, I I think I was referencing those friends interesting yeah yeah my youngest daughter had an imaginary friend named x like the letter x the, the letter x okay. yes but what was really interesting is she would often draw pictures mm -hmm. of her friends and they were all angels they all had wings really and I'd say who is this and she'd say those are my friends and I learned a lot. I mean, I just learned a long, long time ago not to shut down that kind of stuff. And I didn't know what it is, but yeah. I didn't want to tell her what it wasn't. Right. You know, and I, she used to say when I was big and I'd say, what do you mean? She goes, well, when I was big. Really? And it was very matter of fact to her. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a question. I've read stories about people who had very vivid memories of um, spouses or children of their own. And, and I, I just find it really fascinating. Yeah. So I, I did, when we went home from recording the last episode, I did just very nonchalantly ask my children, who are six and a half, seven and a half, and ten. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, do you guys ever remember anything from like when you were an adult or, and, and, you know, I was just, just curious what mm -hmm. they would do. And my youngest son, Owen looked at me and he goes, an adult. <laughs> like he thought I was totally stupid. And I was like, oh, I was just, you know, he's like, I'm a kid, mom. And I said, okay, <laughs> all right, that's fine. <laughs> so I think if there were any leftover memories of anything, I think he's forgotten them. <laughs> or dismissed them. Or, yeah. You know, sometimes think about it. If something, 
pops up, but it's not within the realm of your understanding, yeah. we are very quick to dismiss it. Yeah, you have no frame of reference for it. Yeah, or if, yeah. honestly, even if you're not expecting it, uh, for my 50th um, birthday, uh, Harlan surprised me. So we had made plans to go away, and we went to West Virginia, and we were sitting at this casino, and we were really there to go to Harper's Ferry, but there was a casino outside of town. And so I remembered that I was just sitting there minding my own business, playing the machine, you know, pulling the lever, pushing the button. And I heard this voice that said, is that machine paying out at all? And, you know, every once in a while, somebody will kind of chat with you. Yeah, you know? right. And I said, no, I haven't had any luck. And I pushed the lever. You know, I didn't look up. I just kept doing what I was doing. Right, right. And then all of a sudden I thought, wait a minute. I know that voice. And I turn over and it's my brother. <laughs> but what was really funny is a few minutes before that, uh -huh. I had gotten up, gone to the... Um, I don't think it was the ATM. I think I went to do something else and then came back to my machine. Uh -huh. And supposedly I walked right by my son, <sighs> right by my sister-in-law, <laughs> and never noticed them because I was in the zone. Right. And, and you weren't expecting them to be there. That's exactly my yeah. point, right? I wasn't yeah. expecting it, so it didn't register. And I wonder sometimes if we have these connections, but uh -huh. we've never allowed for the possibility would we even recognize it as something like that? Yeah. It's it's funny because I've moved, right? I have mentioned this. I've lived in a couple different states. And sometimes I'll see someone from another state like that looks like someone that I used to know in another yeah. state. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's what I write it off as. Like I'm like, oh, they look familiar. I must have like someone in Michigan or someone in Ohio. But like I have these fleeting feelings, but I've – I've written them off as one particular thing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and that's, I don't ever think about it for more than a split second. Yeah. I, I think we just, it's one of those examples of we, if we don't have room for it in our scope of possibility, then right. it's likely not even a, it can't be a probability. Yeah. Right. Or if you have an explanation and you never rethink it. Yeah. Or that too. Yeah. You know, you never stop and say, well, is that actually, you know, the case? Yeah. So it, it's pretty interesting what kind of things might pop up if you allow for them. Yeah. And that's a big part of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so reincarnation, like what what would you say the point is for us now? Like if we if if this is something that, you know, people believe in and um, like what what do you do with that information? So that's a really good question. And I think the best description that I've heard comes from James Van Prague. Now, James Van Prague, some of you might know, he's actually an internationally acclaimed medium. And he is, um, he's probably on the same level as John Edwards. He's a New York Best Times seller or book yeah. author, I guess, author. Um, he has a, a book out called Adventures of the Soul. And he does something similar to um, Michael Newton, who wrote Journey of Souls. Now, Michael Newton was a psychologist who kind of approached everything scientifically 
and asked the same set of questions to people over the course of 20 years and then wrote a book. Whereas James Van Prague has been a medium for many, many, many years and uses the information that he's obtained um, through his mediumship, right? And, and right. what these quote-unquote spirits are, are sharing with him. But he says that the ultimate goal of reincarnation is to bring the consciousness of love and understanding into our everyday existence. It's pretty easy. And I love that, right? Yeah. Because for me, that's one of those kind of Christianity connections that says we're all kind of this, we're all really moving to the same end goal. Right. Um, if, so if really learning about love and understanding hum, humanity is the goal is, you know, I, I think I might've said last week that I believe that Christ was here as a, as the personification of everything that our soul has the capacity to achieve. It was a demonstration of our goal as human beings, right? right? To, to know that kind of love and acceptance, to not just know it, but to demonstrate it. Yeah, I think, I think that's one commonality. Like if the people who subscribe to reincarnation believe that Jesus was here, that's... I mean, there's no Christian that's going to say that they don't strive to be like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you can't dispute that Jesus was here. Yeah, there's there's historical record and all sorts of stuff. I don't think... It up. I mean, I think... I'm not even sure that I've ever talked to somebody who actually disputes that Jesus was someone who walked on the planet. Right. I think the discrepancy comes about why he was here, maybe, or that... Yeah. In the capacity. But I firmly believe that he was a master soul. He was the personification of what we have the capacity for. And I think in this book, Adventures of the Soul, they talk about how being human is just hard, right? And <laughs> yes, it, there's lots of obstacles that we're constantly um, facing and learning how to essentially be Christ-like, right? Mm -hmm. Exist in love, stay in that place, right. and not get defensive and not retaliate and not yeah. judge, then that's the point of reincarnation. Right. That you just come back over and over again until you've mastered that. And I would hope that for even you know people that are not religious at all, who, you know, atheists or, you know, what have you. I mean, you know, I would I would hope that those people still want life to be better, you know, every day and and are learning and growing and all of all of that mm -hmm. to try to make life better. Yeah, I you know, I I know a couple of scientists mm -hmm. who are agnostic. Yeah. You know, um, same here. And I'm not sure that I know anybody who's a complete atheist, although I've talked to clients through the years who come in in kind of these existential crises, mm -hmm. you know, like, what's the point? Right, sure. You know, is there anything after this? and Or yeah. there can't possibly be? Or And often the end game is just allowing for the possibility because yeah. we cannot know, mm -hmm. you know, some people believe that they know 
precisely. Right. And there, and what's interesting is you get a whole bunch of people who say, I, I absolutely know, and they're all going to have a slightly <laughs> different version of yeah. that. I've, I've known people like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had what I believe to be memories of past lives. Yeah. I've talked to an awful lot of people who believe that they've had memories of past lives. I've seen a number of mediums in practice. I studied with Brian Weiss, who we talked about last week. But we all could be blowing smoke. I mean, I really well, don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think, I've, you know, I've had pastors be very honest and, you know, say, man, there are days when I really hope this stuff is true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that that faith to me, and I mean faith in anything, mm-hmm. is is believing in the presence of doubt and fear, mm-hmm. you know, because nobody knows for 100% certainty. I mean, we feel it and as much as we can possibly feel it with, you know, with whatever it is that we believe. But there are people that, like you said, feel with as much as they can possibly feel something completely different. And that's where learning about all of this stuff and having respect for differences comes mm-hmm. into play. And sadly, I think that's becoming more and more of a lost art in our culture, but it's, it's so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've, you know, we kind of zero in on this a lot because we're always saying how important it is to have a 360 degree view yeah. of a topic. And, you know, it's, overwhelming to sit back and think that you have to learn about so many different things. Mm -hmm. And I suppose, you know, at the point that I'm at the age that I am, I've had 30 extra years to read and learn, (laughs) you know, in terms of the difference in our ages. But I find it really interesting that in the early medieval period, the doctrines of reincarnation existed as Jesus's secret teachings Hmm, that's interesting. And in so I was reading about this. Yeah. And in 553 AD, it was declared all of those teachings, all of that information was mm-hmm. declared heresy at the Second Council of Constantinople. Hmm. So the society had this belief. Right. And the governors of the church declared it a crime. Right. Isn't yeah. that fascinating? Oh yeah. I mean there there's all I mean I I don't poo-poo anybody that has issues with the Bible or Christianity because I can see how it is super confusing. I mean there I I get it. I I you know, I've done a little research and I have found ways around some of that and what I believe to be true, but I get it. It's confusing. There's conflicting stuff all the time. I mean, just in, you know, Bible translations and how politics plays into that and, you know, all kinds of stuff. I mean, there was, I was talking with my husband, there's a part in Ezekiel. I've mentioned before that my husband's kind of has a side interest in like alien stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a, um, a, a part in Ezekiel where they mention about like a chariot in the sky and it, mm-hmm. and a lot of people point to that as being like an alien spacecraft, right? Mm-hmm. A potential for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've learned a little bit about it and went to a Bible study and, you know, learned a little bit about it. And I don't believe that's what it is anymore after, after digging in a little bit, but I can see how someone would think that without digging in, Mm -hmm. you know, 
and I I think there's there was even a part in the Bible when I was reading this about um where Jesus kind of says something where Elijah and John the Baptist are the same person. I think that's who it is. Mm-hmm. I, hope, yep. I hope yep. I'm not. No, you're absolutely that. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have not done my research on that part. I, mm-hmm. I intend to. It's on my list. But um, I think there's just, <laughs> as we've talked before about judgment, you know, I just wish that there would be less judgment around this topic in general and more learning and seeking to understand. Absolutely. I um I remember reading that one of the primary um objectives of celibacy mm. and I don't know where this came from, right? <laughs> it could have been made up for all I know. Right. But I, I think it's fascinating to think that one of the reasons the church decided to create the requirement of celibacy, and we're talking going all the way back in the early Roman church, right, Right. Um, was so that the riches of the church never had to be presented for dowries. No, that's interesting. That they didn't have to share, that the the church could keep all of the assets. Yeah. Yeah, and if that's true, I I could see it being true. There was was a lot of crummy political things that happened during that time just like there's a lot of really crummy political things that happen right now amen brother yeah sister <laughs> i mean it's just it, it it's just fast and i'm yeah. not i'm not bringing these up to be judgmental against a church i'm just right again saying that there's all kinds of things you know the inquisition mm-hmm. was was a really terrifying time Right. And if you didn't, you know, all the the religious ideology that was promoted as a crime or as illegal sent people into hiding, it had people change. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not sure today, to be honest, if I'm really truthful, that I would put a sign in my yard proclaiming a particular stance if it meant I was going to be stoned when I walked out. Oh, yeah. No way. You know, no. I'm. I don't know if I believe in anything enough to die for it, and I maybe that makes me a coward. Um, but I feel like I have too much good to live for, and if I can work around something, yeah, you know, yeah, then I'm going to work at living. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, to be honest, if 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 there were, if there was an invasion, <laughs> right? You know, and my my freedom was at liberty, I suppose. Right. But now I'm contradicting myself. So who knows what I would do? I don't know. I'm just telling you what I think. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, I I almost want to throw up saying the word fake news, but there's so much misinformation mm-hmm. maybe everywhere about everything. And that that just makes life so hard. <laughs> well, and it makes doing what we're saying harder, too. If we yeah. say, you know, get, take a 360 degree view of something. Right. You don't really know if what you're reading is an accurate perception of that view. Yeah. You know, it might be a backdrop. It might be a fake backdrop for all you yeah. know. I mean, the, the internet is like, you know, I'm sure you've seen that quote, which is like the perfect, most succinct thing that I've seen about the problem with the internet. It's like a quote that says, you know, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. And it's like from Abraham Lincoln. 
Yes. Yeah, you know, right. and it's like, there is so much crap on the internet. I mean, but it, it all goes back to just getting multiple opinions and talking to trusted people and getting in a community and, you know, discussing ideas and... And looking for, I think it can be, it can still be something on the internet, but it needs sure. to be a reliable source. Right. You and know, not your only source. I, I think exactly. you've got to look for multiple sources. Multiple reliable sources. Right. And like we said last week, on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Okay. So once you've done that, and let's say you want to know more, and you want to find out about maybe past lives, if you've had any or any of that stuff, how would someone go about doing that? That's a really great question. You know, we're, you can do a lot of different things. Brian Weiss, and I'm, you know, we don't get anything for this. I just am offering a resource, <laughs> but he has an audio recording, and I think it's called Mirrors in Time. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's an audio book, and he does a regression on that. And the, the problem with listening to somebody who has pre-recorded a regression is that there's an, a very limited amount of time for you to have any kind of experience. And when I did that, <clears throat> I always noticed that I was kind of just getting started by the time he would end it. Move it, move on, yeah. Yeah, and that was kind of frustrating for me. Um but lots of people at least kind of start the process there. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of allow yourself opportunities to have spontaneous memories. And we actually, we've created a reincarnation journal yep. that gives you some ideas about how to do that. Kind of finding a relaxing space and allow opening yourself up to some imagery. You can also go to a regression therapist, right? Mm -hmm. um, Can you explain regression? So regression is going back. Mm -hmm. A lot of, a lot. Of, so we talked about last week that Dr. Weiss would take people under hypnosis and have them go back to a time before their pain started. Right. And he, that's one of the ways that he did a lot of pain management and in this one case somebody kept going <laughs> they went they went back <laughs> even further back. Yeah. and michael newton takes dr newton takes people back into a soul state right the time before birth time in be and he specifically says in between lives mm -hmm. when i've done regressions my prompt is often i'd like you to go as far back as you need to go in the recesses of your mind to a time that's meaningful to this life. Hmm. So that could be yeah. when they were six years old. It could have been six lifetimes ago. Right. I'm not making that decision. I'm not going to lead them to a particular, you know, go back to a life in 1980 or in 1880. I'm, I'm going to allow your kind of inner mind to do that work. Right. So whether you do it yourself or whether you have someone lead you, the, the goal is... One, curiosity. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. um, the other goal is to say, what in this lifetime am I trying to work out from a past lifetime? Okay. I mean, if the goal is to kind of constantly grow, right? sometimes it's helpful to have more clarity about what you're trying to grow toward. So that's a good question. And 
I, that just came up to my mind. So what does reincar- reincarnation say? Like, let's say I'm a super A plus student and I go through this life and all my, all my stuff is wrapped up with a bow. What next? What's good, after that? Good question. So in Dr. Newton's book, Journey of Souls, he suggests that some souls come, you know, that you might, this late lifetime might be a rest for you. Hmm. That this lifetime could be you being here as an agent for, and I mean agent not in a secret spy kind of right. way, <laughs> but kind of to assist someone. Okay. Yeah. Um, he tells the story, or I think he, I can't remember exactly, but I, there's something that, in a story in that book about a woman whose child told her that he was here to help her. Hmm. And they had a really close relationship. And then under regression, she under, she found out or discovered that indeed she and that soul had been traveling through time together. And, and he was here really because he, he knew she was going to be working on some hard stuff. Huh, like a companion or... Yeah. 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 Kind of, it, whether you want to say a spirit guide or a soul partner. Right. Um a soul mate, you know, soul mates, we mm-hmm. use that very candidly or uncandidly when we right. talk about uh, romantic partners. Yeah. But maybe soul mates are also just other people very close. You know, I have a friend mm-hmm. who I've known for a little over 20 years, and I, I cannot escape the sensation that she and I have been here together at other times mostly mostly because she's one of these people that stays connected regardless of life and circumstances you know there's and I don't mean just connected but I think most of us have had an experience of somebody that we feel close to but they're I mean, we've had other relationships that kind of are the same, but we don't have the same closeness. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think my my childhood best friend and I, I've we've known each other for 30 years now. I mean, I've known her longer than I've known my own sister. Mm-hmm. But I would say that it's, it's like that familial relationship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't actually talk that much anymore. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, she has five kids. I have three. We're busy doing other stuff. But... Like, I still, I love her. Like, she's like a, a family member. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can still call her or talk to her at any point. It's never weird or awkward mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, but it, it, yeah, we just, we just simply don't talk much anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, I suspect, suspect that when you see each other, you're just as comfortable as you were oh, always, when you were, yeah. yeah, when you were 12 hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes that feels kind of unexplainable. Mm-hmm. Um, our relationship was like that from the very beginning. There were times when we kind of finished each other's sentences and you're like, that's weird. I mean, it's, (laughs) I might not have thought that was weird if she was a dude and I married her, you know? Yeah. But because she was just, I say just because she was just another person that, you know, mom that I knew and our kids kind of knew each other. And I just, I just find it fascinating. Yeah. I have other friends whose lives parallel mine and very, really odd ways, yeah. you know, that people that just kind of dropped out of the blue. So who knows? I have to sometimes wonder, um, 
is that a that that's an interesting connection and yeah is it is it just because you were close at one time and you stayed close and that's just the way those those two people are or is there something else to it yeah but what about all those other friendships i had where i was really close and i didn't stay connected you know and i'm not really trying to drive a meaning to it but i find it a real for me it's a really comforting proposition to think that wherever i go there are people that are maybe kind of somewhat known to me you know whether it's family or friends or want to help you or are like in your corner yeah you know yeah um some sometimes so in again dr newton because he spends a significant amount of time talking about what happens in between lives and also in the james van prog book that we just talked about he really talks about um the the idea and and collaborates the other author saying that we choose the life that we think will afford us the best opportunities for experiencing and growing the energy of love. That's a that's a big concept. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can tell you based on my life. Mm-hmm. I've had lots of opportunities to grow the experience of love. I feel like I have, and I feel like I've made a conscious effort. Yeah. But what's really crazy is that it seems like the further along that you go in that, at least if you're using my life as an example, Mm -hmm. the more strenuous the challenge, like the more dramatic (laughs) crap gets thrown at you. Yeah. Because you have to learn how to love through that, too. Yes. Yeah. You know, it can't just be a, a, your neighbor's barking dog and you have to figure <laughs> out how to love your neighbor. I mean, maybe that's how it starts, right? Right. I remember the first time that I decided I needed to see a therapist. And I had written out, I think, two or three maybe pages of stuff that had happened that I clearly needed to you know, declutter my mind and sort of pack things away and, you know, set them on a shelf and get through it. Um, and it was, it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff. It was, gave me a lot of opportunity. (laughs) It's fascinating. And, and I think if more of us and maybe not even, we don't even have to kind of connect it to love, but if more of us could sit back and say, what is this string of unfortunate events attempting to teach me? Right. Right? What can I learn from this experience? Um, We always have the opportunity to learn something, even if it's I need to keep practicing my ability (laughs) to be grateful or I need to keep practicing my ability to control my temper or I need to continue to to work at being more forgiving or offering more grace or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the other things that can be, um, ben- that can has a benefit when we think about past lives, as Dr. Weiss found in the majority of his work early on, was that some people come, pot- potentially come into this life with 
an attachment to something that happened in another life, right? Like somebody who's morbidly afraid of water may have drowned in another life. Yeah. Somebody who's morbidly afraid of heights may have, I don't know, fallen off a cliff or, you know, something along those lines. And if we can identify that and disconnect the correlation between what happened maybe, you know, 500 years ago and what happened today, that's pretty powerful. I did a regression with someone once who had gone, you know, again, my question is go back to a time that's meaningful uh, or has a correlation to something in this life. And he described himself as a young Indian boy uh, who was, had been sent out on the quest, I guess, before they can be an adult sometimes in that, ter- some. You're talking about like an American Indian. Yes, an like American, tri- part of a as far as I yeah. know. Yeah, okay, he okay. said he was an American Indian and that he was out on his own and he was scared and cold and he was in a cave, but there was an animal that was within reach of him. He said, I can't, I can't go any further. I'm going to die here. It was a, it was a pretty traumatic um, ending, but a big part of what, constantly came up for him it was I'm all alone I'm all alone I'm all alone right and he had failed that was a big part of that oh and what was really interesting is that he was really struggling with feeling alone and failure in this lifetime Mm. Um, now ironically he was surrounded by a lot of people who loved him (laughs) and a tribe (laughs) right and he um he was in sales, so there was always this kind of opportunity for him. You know, sales is tough. Yeah. And the majority of people in sales deal with failure and rejection constantly, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. So it was pretty interesting. And I want to make it really clear that it doesn't really matter if that quote-unquote memory was a metaphor or if it was real. What matters is is that you kind of cut that connection right. that your brain is creating or remembering, whichever that it yeah. is, and it can help you mm-hmm. disconnect from that feeling in this life. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that thought of cutting the connection. Anything that can be helpful. But I think overall, the whole point of allowing for the idea of reincarnation is to help you think about why am I here? What do I need to really focus on in this opportunity that I have of living right now? It's, it's, I think it helps clarify um, the need to be in the moment and to stay focused on growing love in your life. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of motivating for me anyway, uh, to think about not wanting to repeat something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe just get it over with and figure it out before you're faced with it again and again and again and again. Having said that, that's way easier <laughs> said than done, right? Yeah. I mean, I do try to stay focused on that, but I'll be honest, there's a relationship in my life that I'm just committed to do it processing yeah. in another time. Yeah. You know, maybe I feel that way about somebody in my life too. Yeah. You know, maybe <laughs> in the year 2110 I'll come back and change your mind but <laughs> well I you know I'm sure even if there's no re well I guess you'd have to have reincarnation but it, it for karma to exist right um 
who knows, but it. It's food for thought. <laughs> yeah. And it, it offers me opportunity to grow. I, it just it allows me to acknowledge my imperfections. Yeah. I, I have plenty of those too. So. <laughs> All right. So again, our try this at home for this week is to download the journal that mm-hmm. we have, um, printable journal on our website and just start tracking coincidences. Follow the prompts that are there and just start keeping track of this stuff. If it sounds interesting to you, see where, see where it leads. Yeah, look for things that are um, shared, and there's plenty of space so that each time that you kind of sit back and allow for yourself to have the potential for memory, there's space for you to record those notes too. Right. And feel free to reach out to us. So that's our discussion for today, and we hope that you will share it with people that you care about, maybe even someone that you feel a very strong spiritual connection to, Perhaps they're you're traveling with you through time. And as always, we are super grateful that you took the time to listen. Next week, we're going to be talking about authenticity and living an authentic life and what that might mean and give you tips on how to make sure that you are doing it. If you have any questions for us today, we hope that you'll read, reach out to us on www.trythisathomepodcast.com. And you can subscribe to our podcast there, or of course, subscribe wherever it is that you listen. If you're so inclined, we'd also love a rating or a review. So for now, this is Leslie and Leslin, hoping you will try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.